Welcome back to another episode of Time Out with the Sports Doctor, where life, sports, and medicine intersect. I'm your host, Dr. Derek Burgess. Right. I said, we're putting 10 plus on them, yeah. and I'm not pulling the dogs off, okay? Right. <laughs> and I said, it's okay to get beat. It's not okay to quit. I said, we're here. You're going to compete. We're on the field. You have to beat me, but I'll never quit. The Saber training bat is like no other training bat you've ever used before. So the purpose of the Sabre training bat with its modified barrel is so that you can perfectly sequence and get behind the ball, getting the bat on plane sooner, creating less miss hits, more line drives, higher batting averages, and more exit velocity. The Sabre training bat is the number one training bat on the market. Sabre bats, the training bat that's gonna take you to your best swing. All right, so welcome back to another episode of Time Out with the Sports Doctor podcast, and we have a very special guest for you today. Um, I have another Derek on the show, so this is Derek Richards. So, uh, and since his name is Derek, we always go by different names, Spike, you know, so Spike is a little harder name anyway, especially when you're working with athletes, so it carries I've weight. had that name since I was a year old. Yeah, yeah, but it fits, it fits, and you'll see why yeah. later on, but yeah. so Spike is a uh, former Olympic style weightlifter. Um, he is a trainer of many high profile athletes. Um, he is the CEO and the creator of Saber Bats. And you will learn about that story, that backstory, which is amazing, and what he's doing with uh, Saber Bats as far as training the next level of athletes, as well as even in the hands of professional athletes. So, hey, Spike, man, welcome to the show. I appreciate it, Doc. You know, I've been watching your show and I always gave you a hard time about when I made it, uh, when do I get on it? So yeah. maybe that's now. No, no, no. Time is perfect. I mean, you are always qualified, right? <laughs> it's just the right time. I mean, you've been grinding it out so much for these last six to eight months. You know, it's almost yeah, hard. It's been, it's been nuts. It's been a crazy ride for about eight months. Yeah. 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 So we'll talk about kind of because your story almost parallels about the same timeline with um, you know, my wife's story with uh, my yeah. when she was opening the practice. Yep. So it was almost yep. all coming along at the same point. And I mean, both of you guys gave me a close ride with entrepreneurship. You know, we're going to talk about that too. What entrepreneurship, most people think about it as a glamorous thing. And, but, uh, <laughs> it's glamorous at sometimes, but there's a lot yeah. of dark moments, you know, in that. All right. So as you can see, we're recording live from I'm not at my uh, normal location, right? <laughs> I know he's got to he's got to rub it in. Right, right, right. Tell yeah. me the beach, and I'm stuck out here in Laurel, Mississippi. Hey, but uh, I already told you this will be locations like this will be the the future um, meetup yes. spots for Saber Bats for the corporate. Yes. So you know, yes. I can't wait, and I'm glad to be a part of it. You know, as well. Speaking of corporate, you know, Saber Bats. <laughs> thank you for being a sponsor and a you know a corporate partner with. Time out with the sports doctor, and it's great working with you. You know, we have a history, uh, but this is different, both kind of on the entrepreneurial side. So, hey, thank you for your support. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So let's just start off with, you know, Spike, tell us about who you are. Um, so obviously I've had the name Spike since I was about a year old. Um, it stuck and, you know, grew up just about an hour and a half south of Chicago, an area called Danville. 
Um, it's, it's close to where the University of uh, Illinois is in Champaign. It's a very big baseball uh, area, and everybody there is baseball um, or basketball, but, you know, it's more of a winter sport. But if, if it's the weather's nice, then it's baseball, and everybody plays baseball. Uh, I was fortunate enough to, to grow up around some amazing players. Um, our town has produced seven uh, professional catchers, uh, actually, one was the uh, 85 World Series MVP, Daryl Porter with the Cardinals. Um, and we just grew up seeing just top-level talent. So it was just kind of one of those things you did play baseball. And even if you, you wasn't any good at it, you played and you learned life lessons through it. Um, it's kind of a very industrial town. It's changed a lot over the, uh, the years. It's, it's a little bit more, I hate to say, of a dangerous place, but it's, you know, it's the second most dangerous uh, city in in illinois so i don't go back too much my family's still up there my friends are up there and i love them um as we went through you know like you said with sports i think sports is kind of where what made me as far as just grinding because i was always small um and to kind of give you an idea though probably 200 pounds now as a freshman i was 74 pounds and i went to what's called you know in mississippi you have six a's in Illinois, you only had two A's at the time, one A, two A, and close to 3,000 kids in a school. And so when you're competing at that level, you know, to kind of give you an idea, our conference had uh, 12 schools in one conference. And, I mean, it was just very competitive in everything we did, but I played basketball. Um, I actually went to state a couple of times. We won a state title when I was before eighth grade. Um, played soccer through high school just because I wanted to stay in shape and meet friends, honestly. Um, and was decent at it. I think it was like number two in scoring in the conference my senior year. So it was just being an athletic and being in athletes is all I ever knew. It's, it's all I know now. I, I don't even really know how to sometimes be around just people that aren't into or know athletics. I, I don't relate very well. And sometimes that's tough. Um, but I like the mentality that sports brings. To me, I think if you're in sports, you learn how to grind. And, you know, kind of what we've talked about in the past is uh, sports isn't for making money, though sometimes you people do if you're very fortunate and, and people can go to school with it and stuff. But it's more can an adult mentor kids through sports. And we're getting a lot of this travel ball stuff and, and you're seeing some just horrible mentoring chips. And so for me, if I can ever see the sport change or kind of revert back, it not be so much around the parents and so much around are we winning a ring every weekend. It's are we teaching kids how to be a good adult? Because at the end of the day, the, the boys are going to somehow be a father or a husband, most likely. Or, and the young girls, they're going to end up being mothers and they're going to end up being wives at some point in time. And, you know, the sports is, to me, is a great place to teach about adversity and the grind and teamwork and, you know, just everything goes along with that. Yeah. So you are a, like you mentioned, from training with athletes, you have a gift with being able to relate with athletes. Um, and then you also have a, a history with the Marines. And I feel mm-hmm. that you incorporate all that into your training process. Um, and you're, you know, you always talked about start with why. And I finally did the book or finished yeah. the book. And I understand what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about kind of your start with why mentality when you talk about to athletes. So, you know, we, we talk about how hard things for me and it's, you know, you have to know your why and everything you do in life. And of course, since that's what I deal with as athletes is why are we doing this? Why are we going to, to practice and why are we even playing the sport that we're in? If, if we're doing it for mom and dad, we're not doing it for us. My biggest thing is I ask them why, 
And then I say, are your excuses bigger than your why? Because the why must be larger than the excuses that are coming because they're coming and right. the adversities that are coming. Um, and for me, my why literally, I get emotional on it, is tattooed on my ribs. You know, it's my kids. Yeah. So, you know, why is just, it's, it'll get you through life. And if you don't know why you're doing something, you don't get up in the morning to go do it. it and it's not important. You can't put everything into it. Yeah, I hear you. So you spoke about kids, and we're going to talk yeah. about that later. We're not going to segue into that yet. But let's talk about first about how we met. All right. So yeah, man. You know, <laughs> so I, I guess it's been probably 2017 or so. Um, yeah. You know, there's their church. Yeah. So there's, you know, I'm an orthopedic surgeon, and he was a CrossFit trainer. So that's already yeah. oil and water, right? So I'm hearing yeah. about this guy. He's running CrossFit. And everybody's talking about, it. let's go to CrossFit, let's go to CrossFit. And I'm like, man, y'all go to CrossFit, kill yourself if you want to, right? So then a couple of doctors joined and started in a CrossFit class. One of my partners joined. And he came back, he was talking about it. I was like, mm, it's still CrossFit. It's terrible for your joints, right? It's terrible for your body. So I was finally like, let me check it out. So I went and uh, I was like, okay, this is different. He's actually paying attention to details with, your movements and trying to keep you safe, not just, you know, doing the same movements for everybody and kind of gained a relationship from there. And then you mentioned church. So we mm -hmm. uh, attended church, attended some of the same men groups. And then at my job, a position opened up to help train athletes to run our sports performance um, division of my job as an orthopedic surgeon of sports medicine team. And, you know, it came together at that point and it's been a great relationship, a great working relationship. Uh, we talk about a lot outside of work. We probably talk about life more than we talk about work. Yeah, um, But it was no really kind of odd, you know, from the very beginning, because like I said, CrossFit and orthopedics doesn't tend to go hand in hand, um, but that's where the relationship was born from. Yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, and a lot of people are, are asking me about things here and that. I'm like, they're like, where's your family? And I said, well, I got my two kids and I got Dr. Burgess, you know, because <laughs> When I don't have anywhere to go for Thanksgiving, you know, he always invited me over and it was always just comfortable. Like it was, you know, from your, from Aisha's uncles and everything was, Hey, where's that one guy? Right. You know, <laughs> birthday parties and stuff. When's he coming? Yeah. So it's always been, yeah. I mean, it's like, you've been as the only family I have down here. Yeah. And that's kind of crazy, but yeah, no, it's been a great relationship and, you know, watching you work and watching your style of how you relate and how you're able to push people because, you know, when I was working out consistently with you, I was in the best shape of my life, no doubt about mm -hmm. it. Um, and it was going hard, you know, 60 minutes at a time, something that you don't really, number one, you walk in and you see the workout on the board and you're like, nah, I'm not doing all that. <laughs> but then And then we going. try to break it up into pieces and just like life and say, hey, look, it's just a piece. Let's just break it up in this piece. Right. We'll work through it. You know, you're starting to get at that red line which we get in life, we need to back off just a little bit, but we're still on the path and we're, you know, we're gonna keep those RPMs up. We'll keep the effort level up. Sometimes we gotta back off a you know, red line because right. red lines are bad. <laughs> right, when, you, when your heart rate is greater than 160, uh, let's chill out for yeah. a second. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, all right. So um, let's talk about Saber Bats. So Saber Bats, yep. uh, you might've seen that logo on my website, Saber Bats. 
I'm not going to uh, steal the show. Tell us about that. Number one, tell us about the name. What does that mean? So Saber, it was kind of funny. We, uh, we literally got a cease and desist within six weeks of opening the company. And it was spelled S-A-B-R mm-hmm. bats. Well, so I get a, I get a letter by the largest uh, baseball analytics company in the world, which was called Saber, Saber Analytics. I had absolutely no clue. Um, and so they said that that wasn't going to work. So Saber is actually Spike, Allie, my now 18-year-old daughter, and Brady, who's my 17-year-old son, Richards. And they all do something in the company. Brady is is directly involved in the making and the modifying of the bats from cutting and sanding to, you know, weighing them out, making sure everything's exactly where they need to be. He's even learned the clear coat process, which is probably the most tedious process because if you miss that part, it can't be fixed. You have to come all the way back down. So, um, you know, so then I got the kids together and for us, it's always just been us three. And so I was like, look guys, we're in a bind. We got to change the name. And, you know, again, I get uh, I get emotional, but Allie's like, you know, we can't change it, Dad. And uh, it's like, why? She's like, that's our family name. It's all we have. And, you know, nobody knows what we've been through. And we got to fight. And I was like, Allie, we can't win this. And she's like, why? <laughs> and that hit me. And so whenever I tell them, you know, what is your why? You know, and then I said, well, somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to be the first person to make Sabre that. Somebody's got to be the first person to pass this. There had to be a first black president. There's going to be a first woman president. And then I always say, why not you? Mm-hmm. And then the part that's scary is that that's, that is the answer. And if you say, why it's not me, you're right. And if you say, why it is me, it's right. And so she said, that's it, Dad. Why not? And I was like, Ugh. all right, so... <laughs> Lessons coming you know, back at you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, she's a fighter. And that's what I want out of both of my kids. They're just very bullheaded, um, but in a positive way. Like, they don't back down to anything. Um, when most kids would, they're respectful, but you can't push them. Mm-hmm. And so I said, all right, so let's regroup. And we, we talked with some lawyers. And I said, look, we can add an E at the after S-A-E for Allie Elizabeth. Is that her middle name? Or we can add it at the end, which is S-A-B-R-E, because Enterprise was in the LLC. And she said, well, I don't want it after after A because that's when I'm in trouble. Allie Elizabeth, <laughs> she knows she's in trouble. So right. we added it at the E. And now so we and so what's nice, too, is I have a lot of Latin market. And so mm-hmm. they pronounce it as Sebre. And right. so they think many times without knowing me that it's a Latin product and yeah. baseball's, you know, very predominantly latin in many areas i sell a lot of stuff you know actually the lady at the uh, post office says how many jose's do you know because you know, <laughs> i'm shipping so many bats out yeah no that's funny because uh, what's your little slogan that you say for the uh, kiss that ball goodbye or see that ball oh oh, yeah. oh um uh the gali adios que pelota. Uh, look yeah. at this guy he even went and got him a spanish uh tutor you know so yes. he's ready when he goes to latin america <laughs> yes to sell yeah. Bats. yeah no that's awesome and let's talk about that you know because you're a, a lifelong learner you know in medicine we talk yeah. about lifelong learning and you know you always have to continue to educate yourself and not the game will pass you by but talk about going back to college as a 45 uh, year old I'm afraid you would bring this up <laughs> so you know i 
it was COVID and I talked to a few people and I only had a few classes left. So I kind of was just, I kind of sent my transcript in. I was like, yeah, hopefully, you know, if there's too many classes, I just won't do it. So, you know, with only 14 credit hours needed, it was kind of like, let's just do this. Let's get it over with. It can't be that bad, man. Let me tell you what, I would rather go back to boot camp three times than do that math class. So I was so far behind math. I basically didn't even know how to use a calculator because I'd never used one. Right. I mean, I graduated what 92 and, um, I mean, it was literally, so I got my first set of classes and I don't know, what was it? Like three hours, four hours into it. I was calling Dr. Burgess in just an absolute panic. I'm like, dude, you've got to get me in the doctor. Like, <laughs> I need Adderall, man. I can't do this. And he's kind of laughing. I'm, he's like, why? I was like, dude, I can't do this math. I can't, I can't sit here. He said, what's the matter? I said, dude, I've been on three problems for three hours. I can't get through them. And he literally, just yeah. <laughs> thought I was kidding. I said, I'm serious. I'm going to quit. Yeah. He said, hang on. So I got in with a doctor, you know, and, and got the prescription in. It was honestly, you know, I'm not a big medication person, but, and I think that maybe that's used too much, um, but it kind of opened my eyes to other things that, you know what, maybe who knows what would happen if it had been back then, because it was life changing. I was able to get through it. Um, it was bad now though, the math, you know, I think the the science part was really fun because I, was, I had direct contact with you know, yourself and Dr. Right. Black. So if I had a question, you were able to put it into layman's terms that I could understand. And, you know, the thing that a lot of people don't know, so I told you before, so, but we'll share it with other people too, and then get me back on track. And, um, you know, I'd never talked to a doctor before I met you. I'd never had an actual conversation because in the Midwest, we were taught pretty much, you know, you stay in your lane mm -hmm. and doctors are just not attainable to us. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I didn't know any doctors. None of my friends' dads were doctors. Um, and so when I met you guys, it was like, man, these people are real. But then again, you and Dr. Black aren't like any other doctors either. So if we go into a, a meeting, it's never uncomfortable for me, though I'm the lowest education level in the room, because I know enough about it that I can make a working knowledge. Mm -hmm. But then either yourself or Dr. Black always stops and said, make sure he understands, but it's never like pointing me out. It's always in a, a caring, like comfortable, safe place of, look, this guy needs to know what we're talking about. Don't pass it up because he's valuable. And I think that's the one thing that you've always brought to me is that I've always brought value to whatever you were doing. Mm -hmm. And it never been like an educational level. And so the education of the part that we were talking about is I just wanted to finish it. It just mm -hmm. felt like there's a piece out there and I had to you know, and it was actually more important to my kids because once I told them, like, they were jacked. And, um, you know, none of my, my family, not my, my nieces and stuff like that have a college education, but, you know, nobody else in my family had a degree of any type. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, you were, you were along the road, but I had three, I had three math tutors to get through. No, one no, no. Class. It was funny. I mean, it was actually, I mean, oh, the work that you put horrifying. in. Horrifying. I mean, it was crazy the hours that you literally put in it to get through that homework. And I was like, is it that important? But yeah, but no, I mean, it was impressive to watch. And like you said, you went to tutors, you know, you were at each office hour for the teachers. You were. <laughs> You know, you know, the teacher is so funny because I wasn't a normal student and I just right. didn't like, I'm going to say what I say because yeah. I was probably older than him. Right. And we walked in and he would say stuff. I was like, man, are you making this up as you go? 
Because that yeah. man, there's no way that's right. Plus, he's like, he'd look it, at me. It was at the beginning of the pandemic, so y'all were all yeah. remote learning. So you were oh, back in was school terrible. with no tutors, no classmates, you know. <laughs> it was bad. But you, you pushed through it, and I think that's important yeah. because when you're dealing with- And I actually made the honor, what was that called? President's list or Dean's yeah, list yeah, or something? Yeah, I got yeah. all A's. Yeah. yeah. So, and so if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it now. Right. <laughs> but now when you can talk to student athletes that are having trouble yeah. academically, I mean, yeah. you can sit down and talk to them and relate to the struggle, you know, because everybody, it doesn't come easy for everyone. Um, but yeah, yeah uh, that's, that's great. You know, I think part of the other, you know, with how we talk to athletes, I think because I, I suffered a major injury and now I didn't understand what that was like because I'd never been hurt. I'd never mm. had a surgery. I'd never broke a bone. And again, I mean, it's just kind of crazy if you, now that we're on this, talking about how much you've been involved in my life in the last, what, I don't know, seven or eight years. Mm -hmm. You know, you, that's when I met you too, was with my ankle situation. Right. Um, True. We were trying to fix that. And I was, you know, trying to stay competitive at that point in time. Then I ended up snapping the tibia, mm -hmm. um, fracturing it. But now I'm able to relate to an injured athlete who all they know is their body and their mobility. And that's who they know themselves as. Mm -hmm. And so I'm able to help. I think that's why I'm able to help them recover through injury so much. Cause I know that, look, there's going to be these days, like you just want to cry and it's okay. Like I tell them all the time, like, you're going to want to cry. Um, just go cry. But then get yeah. you butt back in here. We got work to do, right. but it's okay. Right. So sometimes, you know, we talk about the sports medicine team a lot on here. and You're a part of the sports medicine team. So you're usually the first person they see or the last person they see. So mm -hmm. if they're a healthy athlete and they just want to come in to improve their performance, they work with you. Or if they're an athlete who's been injured and gone through the physical therapy, maybe surgery, and then at the end, they're trying to return to their sport, they're with you. Mm -hmm. um, so mm -hmm. It's difficult many times when you're talking to sometimes 13, 14, 15 year olds or, you know, somebody going into their senior year or trying to hold on to a scholarship in college. You know, everybody else around them just kind of patting them on the back and saying it's going to be OK, say about it, whatever. But when you're there with them in these painful moments, you can't just tell them it's going to be OK. You got to be able to relate with them and, you know, get in that hole with them and let them yeah. know that <laughs> I've been there, I understand, you know, that's the, the sympathy versus empathy piece. You know, you gotta, if you see a, a kid down in a dark hole, you gotta get down there with them first so that you can relate to them. And then once you relate, then you can help them. But as long as you just across the room barking orders, you can forget about it. Because mm -hmm. many times you might be the only motivating factor they have. Go back to one of our other athletes that was in that, in a major uh, four-wheeler and a car wreck um, and almost lost his leg. And the first thing that he did when he woke up was, Hey, we're Spike. You know, and I, I knew him through school and through sports, but I wasn't personally involved with him. And it kind of come to a realization of how important we are. And they said, you know, but you're about to lose your leg. And he said, no, 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 call Spike. You know, and I mean, I'm not a doctor. I'm not, I don't have that background. I don't know what's going on. Usually that stuff is, I'll get it. And then I call you immediately. Hey, what does this translate into? Like, what are we getting into here? Mm -hmm. And then you break it down for me. And then I go from there. But, you know, just, the, you know, there's been so many times that a kid will be fractured, you know, two fractured, a tibia and a fibula with the girl on the soccer team. And then right after that, the other girl with the ACL and on the field, the coach said, don't worry, you're going to see Spike when you're done. Let's get mm -hmm. this ready. And they jumped up. 
But as far as the kid, you know, that almost lost his leg. So when he come back, I mean, that might be one of the darkest places that that poor kid had to ever come out of at that time. And we had to have sit down and we had to visualize what it was going to look like when he got back on the field. I said, because if you can't see it, it's not going to happen. Like you're too deep uh, because these kids are athletes. They don't, we're not doing regular PT with these kids. Like they want to go back and be competitive. That's all this kid knows. And if I can't get him back there, I don't know if we'll lose this kid, you know, to whatever, you know, life. Mm-hmm. And man, you know, he went through, uh, I think he transferred to school. Um, he went through some dark places down there, but man, that kid is playing football now. So, you know, that's one of our, not even a feather in the cap. That's just something that, you know, was, was bigger than you, mm-hmm. but you were there for a small part of it. And whenever he comes home, he calls me and he, he texts me still. And then, you know, I've sent you video uh, messages before kids sends me their diploma. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, one, this is kind of a wild story, but I had a 13, 14 year old team one time, uh, baseball team. We, nobody knew who he was. I was new to town. We started coaching this team and we were just beating the dog out of people. Um, mm. they just gave me all the kids nobody else wanted. Well, it turns out it was a bunch of kids from Taylorsville who were three years later, won two state titles. Like they were just so talented. And then the kids that weren't talented were coachable. So, mm-hmm. Hey, we had a team. And we just talked them up and told them how great they were. But then we coached them hard and we loved on them too. And long story short, we are going into the final two games of the season. I don't even know if you know this story. And um, we were playing uh, a team that is extremely um, family influential in this town. We'll just say that. Uh, they pretty much get anything and everything they want. And the family was there and they said, hey, you guys got a forfeit. You only have seven players. And I'm out in right field. Now, I got to understand, sometimes I don't exactly hold myself. <laughs> I'm working on it. You know, I'm still piece. competitive. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm still competitive. Yeah. Um, I mean, I am as fiery and emotional on both sides. You yeah. know, and I have to get control of that at my age still. But, you know, these were my kids, man. I had, I had pushed them and our coaches had pushed them. And so when he went through, he's like, I was like, we're not forfeiting. They said, well, you only got seven. You got a forfeit. I said, no, I have to take two outs. End of the story. I got so furious. I ended up snapping a bat. And I'm walking through. I said, we're going to beat them by 10 tonight. And the fans came out of the stands. So the fans, they said, what'd you say? I said, well, I'm a 10-run I'm a rolling tonight. They said, what are you talking about? I said, I'm going out there and I'm kicking their rear ends yeah. all night. We're, not, we're putting the throttle down. And, man, the parents went crazy. And one of the kids said, Spike, you really think we can win this? I said, I didn't say we think. Right. I said, we're putting 10 plus on them yeah. and I'm not pulling the dogs off. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, it's okay to get beat. It's not okay to quit. I said, we're here. You're going to compete. We're on the field. You have to beat me, but I'll never quit. Mm-hmm. And the backstory to that was probably seven years later, six years later, I was actually in the gym that I had built downtown where I met you. And a kid walks in with a welding hat on, beard. I didn't know who he was. Dirty. He was working on a building next to us. I thought he wanted some water or something. He's like, Spike. And I was like, what's up, man? He's like, you don't remember me, do you? And I was like, man. He, and he took his hat off. He goes, man, it's Jeep. I was like, oh, my God. And I was a kid from that team. He said, man, I want to tell you something. When I saw you, he said, I still remember when that game. And he went through the whole game. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, I still remember you said it's okay to compete. It's okay to get beat. It's not okay to quit. He said, because of you, I made it through welding school. I make $100,000. I'm married. I got two kids. And I always remember that game. So for me, I have to 
remember that that stuff does mean something to those kids. Well, um, I have to sometimes hold myself a little more accountable because they are going to emulate us. Um, but I'm passionate. I never make excuses for that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and it's the game of life, truly. And we can teach life through sports, but we're truly no doubt. Teaching, we're teaching life skills at the end of the day, or you should be uh, striving to teach life skills. All right. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about entrepreneurship. Let's talk about, mm -hmm. you know, the glitz and glamour of being an entrepreneur. Right. So then you're going to tell me about that because I haven't seen it. Yet. <laughs> I have so everybody, seen it yet. you know, so everybody sees this bet and now Spike is a multimillionaire. Right. So, oh, yeah. 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 So talk to me about just how this came about, like yeah. the idea of creating a training bet. So uh, along with that, I also um, partners in a uh, in a group of baseball facility called intent performance where we have some very high level kids in there i was very fortunate so i'm a hitting guy but i needed a pitching guy and i just through life uh met a guy from the phillies who was basically a savant david parkinson's his name he played at old miss um was with triple a phillies he's taking this last year off to get the facility going and he'll go back um but we're in our facility and guy named coach chad kaye who at the time was a head hitting instructor for, for texas a&m um he's now at south carolina power five guy so uh he says uh we're just talking baseball just a fantastic guy and uh i said man when you're talking about all this analytics of on plane and how how do you teach it i said because so many numbers i said come on man nobody can really match those numbers he said no let me kind of give you an idea and he's like, man, how much you want for that idea? And he said, what are you talking about? I said, I'm going to patent and sell that. And he said, what are you talking about? I said, I'm going to patent and I'm going to sell that. That's going to be the biggest training bat in the world. You give me five years. And he's like, man, just send me some. And I was like, no, I'm serious. We'll go to the lawyer, yada, yada. He said, man, you're good. Well, now I know why he didn't want to get involved because maybe he knew what all was involved. <laughs> um, knowing what I know now, who knows if I would have done it. But that's where it came about. And so. We went through the process. Literally, the first one was cut with a circular saw and my best friend Chop holding it. And almost and it, it came through the saw so fast, it shot out, hit him in the chest. I thought it, it almost <laughs> killed him. We still laugh about that. But from then, I mean, we started building a shop and said, all right, we've got to go. We've got to figure this thing out. And um, I went out to Baltimore on a trip to meet some friends. I, I hooked up with a guy from Under Armour. He saw it and he said, it's amazing. And he had actually played with some very high level guys like Bryce Harper, Delano Shields, and just major dudes. So I knew he knew what I was on. He said, this is the best thing I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. And so we just come back and I mean, you start dip painting them because you've seen it done that way. Well, then they don't want to dry in time and then they drip and then you have to sand that and then a water base. Well, then you don't even get into the clear coats because I went through seven different clear coats um, because clear coats won't mix with certain chemicals. And mm -hmm. I mean, it is just- You are making these, right? I'm making them at my, literally at my house. Yeah, my house yeah. is a shop. And <laughs> so, you know, the garage is the shop. And then one spare bedroom is where we uh, mail everything out. The other uh, room is partitioned off with like a maze where we clear coat things. So we've got big fans back there and then we got logos over here. No ventilation. <laughs> no i do now i got a 20 yeah i have a 26 inch exhaust fan finally i mean i've got compressors in the house going all the time big 50 gallon compressors um we can i can produce close to 350 by myself now a month we've got the process down um to kind of give you an idea of like when you're talking about entrepreneurship and what does it take you know where where 
I decided to go for this was we were in Baltimore and I was sitting with Brady. And of course you always tell your kids to dream big and this and then I started realizing, man, there's dreams I have. Just mm-hmm. it's all talk. And we were in Dick's Sporting Goods and I looked at him. I said, look, look at that shelf. And he goes, dad, didn't you talk about, make, you tried to make one of those about six years ago and it's on the shelf at Dick's. And that's when I said, you know, if the devil can lie, cheat, steal, destroy, he obviously is not giving all these fresh ideas. Mm-hmm. And so, because um, I have to think at a small term, I just had to start thinking like, if God is my father and, and I'm Brady's father, if I keep giving Brady these gifts and these fresh ideas and he just puts them on a shelf and never does with them, yeah. I mean, eventually I'm going to quit giving it to him. You know, I'm going to let him be mediocre. I'm not going to give him fresh ideas. I'm going to go give them to some kid that will actually push him. And that's when I got scared and I said, you know, I think this is the idea. And at that point, I told Brady and Allie, I had to just tell them what I thought. And they said, all right, let's go. And, you know, they've given up a lot because a lot of the money I was going to take them on vacations with. Um, we were going to go do stuff. They're like, no, 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 put it in the company. It's okay. Yeah. So talk about how you went from a dream on a piece of paper to a bet. How long did that take? You mean to, to like now? No, I mean, so you mean from like, like, you were like, hey, I'm oh, going to no, make this we were like, Okay, <laughs> I'm going to make this bat. And I called my buddy and we went to the store and we bought like seven bats. Yeah. And we got a, we got a circular saw and some vice grips. And then we started like over that, a that was weekend, it. like you had to yeah. bats, and then we were like, yeah. And everybody goes, about? what are you doing? I'm like, I'm going to sell these. Like, I'm going to be a millionaire, you know, like I'm going to make this the biggest thing in, in the world. That's my goal, at least yeah. North America. Cause yeah. I don't know the overseas market, but right. Yeah. So then we bought, uh, bought table saws. I burnt table saws up. I've burnt sanders up. You don't realize how hard this material is. So, I mean, a normal, a normal sander would be a hundred bucks. Mine's almost 700, you know, a normal thing of, uh, sandpaper is ten dollars. Mine are one hundred and ten. Yeah, I mean it's just so much that goes into them. But they look like furniture. No, people don't want beautiful. to hit them when they see them. Yeah, I no, mean it's yeah, just yeah. they just grab them and go wow. Yeah, but they work, and that's the main thing is people don't understand that a training band. When we're training, we have to train exactly like we play, mm-hmm. and that's the thing. The patent is written as it is the only training bat that is exactly like your game bat. Mm-hmm. with you hit on a rounded side with real mm-hmm. bat real mm-hmm. balls real game intensity mm-hmm. so like one of our guys is christian walker who's number three in all of mlb at home runs right now um he called me he wanted him personally made so and that's what he said he said i've never had a training tool that i could train with and was exactly like my game bat like you did it perfectly and so just going to take some time and I believe in all my heart, it is going to be the biggest training bat, in the, in the, at least in, like I said, North America. It's been impressive to see without a question, you know, definitely without question. And the amount of work and effort and commitment focus that you put into it daily is even more impressive. So time out with the sports doctor, you know, this is your final time out. So talk to us about lessons learned, you know, over this last year of your life and you know, for someone who is trying to be a creator of something, you know, not just an entrepreneur, but creating something that does not exist. Talk to that person about the trials and tribulations that they might have to endure, but how it's going to be worth it at some point. Yeah, I think you start out with your why. You know, I know what my why is um, because those those reasons to quit are valid, very valid. And you're going to be in a dark place and you're going to be working in hours that nobody else wants to work in. 
I tell people all the time, get comfortable being uncomfortable. And so I will find myself in the middle of the night being very comfortable and I'll get up and I'll go work because I feel like I have to earn it. I don't, I know it's not going to be given to me. And so I'm at the point now that I know I've put the word, I know I deserve success when it comes. Um, But, you know, get your why, believe in it. The other thing I would say is, is put yourself around maybe three people max that believe in it or believe in you. Um, Dr. Black told me one thing that stuck with me. He said, he asked me, he said, if this doesn't go right, what are you going to do? I'm like, I'm just going to keep going at it. And he said, that's my point. You don't have a backup plan. You believe in you. And I always bet on the guy that believes in itself. So for me, you know, you, uh, Dr. Harris um, and Dr. Black's kind of really in Logan out in, uh, out in Baltimore, those are my four guys. I really don't share my ideas with too many other people because they have so many ideas. I think it's a different DNA makeup of going out there and being willing to have, be ridiculed by everybody. It says you don't know what you're doing. But the fact is, everybody that did something great was ridiculed. If you're not being ridiculed, you're not being talked about. If you're not upsetting people, you're not doing anything. You live in the inside that box. And mm-hmm. my biggest thing I've told my kids, I want you outside the box. I'm okay if you decide to be inside of it. But inside the box is where the rules are going to confine you. The money is going to confine you. You are limited by the edges of the box. Now, on the outside of the box, you're on your own. There's no, there's no safe zone. So you better have some thick skin. Right. Uh, a strong heart, some very strong beliefs. And so, you know, you need a couple of people around you that when you can't go anymore, I always tell people you need somebody around you that believes in you when you don't believe in you. And I mean, that's been our conversations a few times. Like, Doc, I got nothing left. You're like, yeah, "Yeah, you do, man. You got a little bit more, just a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, it's been great watching you grow and I can't wait to see where this takes you. So tell everybody where they can follow you, you know, how they can get this bet. Yeah, I'm on um, Saber Bats. Uh, with a s dot net you know good i pretty happy with the website actually uh instagram saber bats and then uh facebook saber bats also or you you know you're welcome to just call me at 601-498-2079 that's actually my cell phone number you know that it's a small business we're going to grow but we're personable too we want to answer questions ourselves and people have questions you need answers all right man and uh tell them about the offer they can get um through yeah, we're doing yeah, $25 off as long as you go and uh, use the uh, code that's on the uh, internet. All right, man. Well, I'll take See you, man. Yeah, y'all take care. Later, man. Thank you for tuning in to this episode. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, as always, we'd really appreciate a five-star review from you and give us feedback you know, on how we can continue to grow. And I'd like to give a special thanks to uh, Saber Bats for giving us an exclusive offer uh, for $25 off a purchase. You can go to his website. The uh, website will be in the show notes. Or uh, since he's a sponsor, you can go to my webpage and click right there on his sponsor and it'll take you to the webpage. And when you're uh, making your purchase, use SPDOC25 as a promo code at checkout to get the $25 off. Uh, so I hope you will continue to be blessed and I'll see you next week.